0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I am. I'm already hyped up this morning. Uh, we have an exciting uh, service and plan for you today, and a special speaker, which I'm sure uh, Pastor Artie will introduce later. I'm just going to jump into announcements this morning, and uh, I just want to start by letting you know and thanking everyone who came out or invited people and let people know about our. Churchwide breakfast that we do first Saturday. Um, We haven't had one in several months, and we are on our way back to normal. And we had a great turnout yesterday. Um, We had, I want to say, a little more than 150 people come eat breakfast, if I remember right. And uh, so that was a great turnout. And next month we. Hope to continue to do the same. So uh, keep that in mind and just be excited as we are moving back. And that is a great way for us to get out and, and witness to the community because you see people in the church on those Sundays that may not come to church on, on those Saturdays that may not come to church They a normal basis. And it's a good opportunity to reach out the gospel message and just share what Jesus Christ has did for us. Uh, The only other announcement I have is, well, I have, well, I just wanted to remind everyone, let everyone know that Preacher already said that they're supposed to come finish the roof Wednesday on the clock tower. So uh, look forward to that. And maybe when we come to church Wednesday night, we'll have a completely finished roof and we can uh, enjoy that view. And uh, I have an announcement for the you and also for the adults and everyone in the church. May the twelfth. If our uh, yes, so last month I started, and the middle Wednesday of each month we're doing a a sort of a fun thing in order to dr- in order to draw kids in, and have them come in and see and see what our youth and children programs are like, and just having something fun to in in an incentive to bring people in. Well, on May the twelfth. At 5.30, we're going to have a kickball game followed by pizza. And here's what I want to ask you to do. First, I want you to, if you know kids or youth who want to come, tell them, say, hey, we're having a kickball game at 5.30, and we are going to surprise and have have a devotion after that. So... You can leave that out and they'll just be stuck here for the devotion if they didn't know they were going to come. But that's okay. But another thing I want you to do is I want to invite the adults of the church. I know 530's is early and some of you might not be able to come. But if you can come and either watch the kids play kickball or join in and play kickball with our kids, that would be an awesome opportunity to foster relationships with the young people in our church because these guys that are growing up and... And' in the youth now they are the future of the church, and they are the future future gospel spreaders so it'd be a good opportunity to foster some relationships and uh mentor these young people uh so five thirty the twelfth that gives you a week and a half to make plans so there you go uh do what yes, Terry. Sure, if that's what you want to do, it'll be a soft kickball. So if that's what you need to do, I mean, listen, I work. I had a PE teacher tell me one time that that was why they played dodgeball in PE. It was an opportunity to throw balls at the kids. So I won't tell you what PE teacher and what school it was at, but <laughs> I'm just kidding, sort of. But uh, at this point in time, I would like to just invite you to turn your hearts and your minds toward God as we worship this morning through song and then we get to hear our uh, special presentation that we have this morning. Uh, Enjoy the service, guys.
1: I had to move that microphone. That cord was sticking out and I was afraid I'd fall on my face. I'm going to tell you, those of you that are above a certain age understand this, but you younger people, you will never know the fear of having one of those big red playground balls coming at your head 150 miles an hour. That is a special kind of sting when it hits flesh that you younger guys don't understand. But I think that's why we became tough. Is because we had to dodge those things and sliding down the slides that were a thousand degrees and taking off hide from those from when you slid down everybody, all you old guys are like yep yep you understand well thank you for being here this morning um, it is great to have you and thank you those of you that are joining us online and as chad mentioned we do have a guest speaker he was here for the uh, sunday school hour steve levinson Um, with creation seminars he's out of rutherford county and um, he's been here once before but it's been several years ago that he was with us Um, i think it's over 10 years ago he was with us Um, he will be sharing with us during the service this morning those of you that peeked in or saw some of the stuff he did what will he will be speaking about during uh, the service is totally different than what you saw. He will not be dressing up. He will not be making jokes. He's he's going to be serious talking about um, foundations under attack. And so it's very, very important. So, uh, but thank you for being here. I do have a couple of prayer requests. Um, please pray for Marilyn Shouse and her family. She has got uh, three of her family members in Minnesota that will or Wisconsin can't remember Minnesota Minnesota that will be having surgeries this week or this month and those of you that know Marilyn uh, she wants to be there and so please pray that she will have wisdom and decisions about travel and everything like that as well as her children and family members that will be going through these surgeries this month Also, we have been praying for our friends of our interpreter, Ashley, that interprets for us on Wednesday nights. Um, Her friends, Sergio and Anna, um, have been in the hospital having different different things um, going on. I got a text, uh, I believe it was Friday, that Sergio had been placed in a coma and had been placed on a ventilator. He was waiting heart surgery. So please be in prayer for him. They are down in South America. So please pray for Sergio and Anna um, as they're dealing with this. Continue to pray for those in our church that are dealing with physical issues, as well as us making decisions and wise choices and seeking to follow God. Guys, we are in a, a difficult time and it keeps getting more and more difficult. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus promises us that He will never leave us or forsake us. And He will guide us in whatever we do. Yes, Lisa? Uh, Kim is having surgery tomorrow. Okay, is that going to be up at Baptist and Winston? It's here? Okay, pray for Kim Pendleton. as She has surgery tomorrow. And pray for uh, Jerry and Alex as they wait and the rest of the family. Um, those of you that don't know, Kim and Jerry live right behind Lisa and Terry. And uh, their parents, Terry's parents, live right beside them. So they've got their own little complex. I'm waiting for a tall fence to go up around all three houses and just have a compound, you know, the Pendleton compound, sort of like the Kennedy compound, except different. Um, but be in prayer for Kim. She's been dealing with cancer for a couple of years now. So continue to pray for her. And uh, at this time, let's go to the Lord in prayer to start our service together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before You seeking Your face, dear Lord. Because, dear Lord, You created us in Your image, but we chose our own way. We chose to do what we wanted to do instead of being obedient to You. And dear Lord, we ask You right now that You strengthen us. That You strengthen our faith. That You strengthen our belief in the fact that You are the only way to heaven. That You will... Continue to work on us through the power of the Holy Spirit to make us into the disciples that You would want us to be. True disciples of You that follow You, that sacrifice things for You, so that we may be able to reach as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is the only answer to our problems that we have. And dear Lord, You have heard the names mentioned today. We lift up Miss Marilyn to You and her family members we lift up Sergio and Anna to You. Dear Lord, we lift up Stephen Collins to You. And Sandra and, and the rest of the family as they are now just waiting. Dear Lord, I thank You for the fact that You have given him this extra time. But dear Lord, I ask You right now that You take away any pain that he may be feeling. And that You give the family strength and peace as they continue to, to wait and try to serve Stephen and his wife. Dear Lord, I ask you that this morning that you be with Steve Levinson as he prepares to come and, and, and lead us this morning. Speak through him. Dear Lord, open our hearts and ears. Not, don't let us think that we know all this stuff. But let us earnestly listen to his message. So that we will have strength and foundation in our faith. And above all, dear Lord, we ask that you receive all the honor and glory for everything that happens here today. That your name will be praised. And that lives will be changed. And we ask all of this in the Holy Spirit and precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: So we were discussing uh, during the Sunday school hour in here, uh, this one scripture that um, I want to see if you can quote it a little better than we did during the Sunday school hour. The Bible tells us that one day, every knee and every that Jesus Christ is Lord. But we don't have to wait till one day. We can do that now right here in our very own service. So let us stand as we sing praises to our Lord and King as we sing page 176, Fairest Lord Jesus. We'll do the first two verses. 176. Fairest Jesus
1: And I'll ask uh, now if Steve would come forward and present what God has laid on his heart.
3: Good morning. <clears throat> How many of you are here for Sunday school? Raise your hand. All righty. Great. Uh, Raise your hand if you weren't here for Sunday school, real high, so pastor can see. Hurry up, come on. Uh, A lot of you didn't raise their hand, pastor, because they wouldn't admit it, they weren't here for Sunday school. Well, it was a tough hour if you witnessed that. Y'all were really tough on me. Now, I don't have my clicker, so um, you're the man, right? Oh, I see a (laughs) hand back there. Okay. I I can't see you, so I don't, but you can hear me. Okay. The man that doesn't like chocolate is doing the advancing. That is not good because he might get, he might have a vendetta against me now, right? Because I said he wasn't normal. He's not. not, Okay. The preacher said that, so. All right. All right. You know, laughter is a good medicine, isn't it? Boy, I tell you, in this world, we need a lot of laughter, don't we? Because there's so much going on that's depressing, isn't it? There's just so much bad stuff. But we got the good news, amen? We got the good news. And I said in Sunday school, why aren't we sharing it? You know, why aren't we sharing the good news? We talk about everything else. You know, everybody in here has a passion about something, don't we? We're passionate about something. And we're going to share what our interests are. And um I think jesus's interest was um, the himself you know, and he, he wept over Jerusalem, and he saw a, a place that a sh- of sheep with no shepherd, and that's our neighborhoods, isn't it, where we work, people we know, school system, wherever we are, there are sheep with no shepherd, <clears throat> and uh, we need to bring them the good news and so I'm glad to be here and I've been after your pastor for, I guess, a decade to come back, but um, <clears throat> he's finally got up the nerve to have me come back. So, but I think I did the youth last time, right? And so it's been a long time, and, but <clears throat> um, I just want to give God the honor and the glory, don't you? And the praise, and um, I do like to praise Him for what He's done in my life, and boy, I could spend a lot of time. Talking about that, but i I shared earlier that in Sunday school, <clears throat> if you were here that I did uh, creation ministry i've been doing it for about thirteen years and been to forty nine states and I think twelve or thirteen countries and I just want to give God the glory and honor for that. Evolution is a worldwide problem, and it's not going away it's a big problem. you think covid's a problem it's nothing compared to evolution because It has everything to do with um, our enemy, the devil, and we we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? You know, and you know this thing COVID. uh, This our our governments. We're not fighting flesh and blood. This is demonic stuff, isn't it? This is this is from hell, really, isn't it? Wouldn't you say? We are fighting. We are wrestling against demonic forces. And the question is, are you equipped? You know, we're really being lied to every day, aren't we? Whether it's through COVID or whether it's through our our politicians. Would you agree we're being lied to? And how do we know the truth? How about science? Are we being being lied to uh, through science? Absolutely. You know how many kinds of sciences there are? Two. There's a real science and a fake science, isn't there? I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's, there's news that's fake, right? Fake news, we've heard that for years, right? And there's fake this and fake that and, you know, fake hair, right? <laughs> you know, a lot of fake stuff. Well, there's, there's a fake science. And um, how do we know what's fake and what's, what's not fake? And who's believing, the fake, who's believing the fake science? A lot of you are. And a lot of your children are. And they're being taught fake science everywhere. Television, movies, museums, science classes. Fake, 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 fake science. And it's seen as real science. And that this book is outdated. And Christians, believers, are being, uh, made, they're being made fun of. Mocked, ridiculed, because they believe this book. How many think this book's true? Raise your hand. Oh, I got you a third time. How many knows it's true? All right. I won't be mean anymore, maybe. Okay. All right, next. You're going to hear next a lot today. Sorry about that. Next slide. Let's see how well Mr. Chocolate does up there. So far we're waiting. There we go. Okay, you can go to the next one. I don't have my books. I noticed in one of the classrooms, by the way, that you had a nice book display. I kind of snuck around a little bit while I had some time just to check out who you are. And um, <clears throat> I noticed uh, one of the rooms back here had some, some books in there. And uh, I want to encourage you to have some books for the children that talk about creation um, and dinosaurs that speak the truth of dinosaurs. And uh, I hope to come back and do that fossil dinosaur message, and I'll bring these, the resources. Answers in Genesis. Everybody's familiar with the Answers in Genesis ministry. It's a great ministry. Everybody should be familiar with that. Wonderful ministry. They have a lot of great resources that your children and you should be uh, reading because it's the truth of science and the truth of dinosaurs. Folks, we're being lied to when it comes to dinosaurs and fossils, and um, it's all foundational to what we believe. It's very important. All right, next. And so our website is genesisseminars.org. I do live in Rutherford County, and we are, or Ruffton, or Rutherfordton, or however you pronounce it. But um, I pronounced it correctly. And anyway, uh, let me introduce some of my family to you next. And uh, my wife's, on the, my wife's side of the family, I should say. And uh, Oh, now you're awake. Okay, that's what it takes. All right. <clears throat> And you chuckle at that, but how many, uh, how many PhDs believe that? A lot. A lot of very smart people with a lot of degrees believe that. How many believe you came from a monkey? Anybody in here? I don't see any hands. Okay. How many believe you're created in God's image? Amen. All right. Well, let me ask you to pray for my wife's grandmother next. She's not feeling well today. so. <laughs> okay, some of you do know how to laugh. Next slide, John 18. Go to uh, go to your Bibles and let's look at John chapter 18, verse 37. And uh, Pastor said, I won't be doing too many jokes this message, and uh, he's he's correct. Um, but I want look, folks. I'm going to tell you something. How many of you want me to tell you the truth this morning? Okay. I'm going to tell you some things. I'm going to say some things. I said it this morning that I won't be afraid. I don't know where you got your education from. I don't know if you're a college professor, if you're a science teacher, or who you are. That really doesn't matter at this, at this point. Because it shouldn't matter who you are as to what I say. Amen? I'm going to tell you some things that might offend you. And if you walk out, then you walk out. Okay? That happens. If you look at your watch, then you look at your watch. It's your loss. But I see everything. I've seen a whole lot, and I'm sure you have over the years. But I'm here to tell you the truth. And you know what? They wanted to kill Jesus, didn't they? Because he was telling the truth. Jesus wasn't afraid. And he was in the face of the Pharisees. And they didn't like him. So all I'm going to say is this. I'm going to tell you the truth, but I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to admonish you. I'm going to beg you. To wake up. Some of you physically, I'm already seeing some eyes, okay? But I'm going to, God's gonna bless you. Uh, I'm gonna challenge you. This is gonna be a day for you, and you're not here by an accident, amen? We're here as a purpose. This is purpose right here, okay? All right. Why did Jesus come to the earth? Here we go, John 18 37. Pilate is looking at Jesus in the face. It's right before the crucifixion, Pilate said unto him, Are you a king? And Jesus answered, You say I'm a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the what? Truth. Truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And then verse 38. And by the way, let me back up a little bit. It says, Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. I don't know about you, but I just really feel like when Jesus calls you home, you're going to hear your name. Like Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, you know, my sheep hear my voice. Don't you think he's going to call you by name? I do. All right. Pilate said unto him, what is truth? You can go two more slides, bro. So here we see Pilate staring at Jesus, who's been saying, I am the way, the what? Truth Truth and the life. No one comes to me. No one comes to the father except through me. Now, we're sold to build the goods in the world today by certain leaders, Uh, well-known leaders that smile a lot and say Jesus is not the only way. Shame on them. Amen, Pastor? Shame on them. Shame on them. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What is truth? Well, here we see Pilate who represents the world And then we see Jesus, okay? So the world is looking at who today, especially? Us as born-again believers, aren't they? And so we have to be very careful. And it's tough, isn't it? Especially when the world makes us mad and we have to really remember, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, how do I respond? I had that challenge this week, okay? And it was tough for me, you know? I'm human, all right? So us as pastors and evangelists, we get challenged every week. And so the past, the the world looks at us and they they wonder, are you a Christian by how we act? okay? and uh, so here we're under the microscope, aren't we, especially today? You know, the world sees America as a Christian nation, right? Hmm. How are we responding to COVID appropriately? Are we using this thing, however you want, whatever you want to call it, this virus or whatever, uh, how are we using it? Well, what do you mean? How are we using it? How can I use this thing called COVID? Well, have you intentionally talked to somebody about God and this, you know, thing? This virus, they call it. Okay, are we using the things we're going through as a springboard to to segue into what? The gospel. The gospel. How are we using current events to talk about? life after death do you do that are you intentionally are you being creative to share with your neighbors what this world is going through how about the wars and rumors of wars we're hearing about right and so that's part of the message today how are we using the things that we're dealing with in our world to share the gospel God has given us a very intelligent brain right how are we using it to do things like sharing the gospel So the world is looking at us and they're saying, what is truth? Well, next slide shows you that it's in your hand and it's called the B-I-B-L-E, isn't it? And we described it in Sunday school, if you were here, right? Um, In many ways, and one of them was history. It's a book of history, isn't it? How many of you have ever been to Israel before? You've been to Israel. You've been to Israel, okay. A couple, few of you, all right. Well, I've been to Israel, I think, four times Never thought I'd ever go, and God's good, right? He's taken me four times, I believe it is. And when I have an opportunity to go to the Holy Land, Israel, um, the past couple of times I went, um, I had opportunities to do some digging, right? And one place was a place where a little shepherd boy lost a sheep, and he threw a rock in a cave, and you know what he found? The Dead Sea Scrolls. How many know that story? Okay. And so for two weeks, um, a couple years ago, I was in a cave for a couple of weeks and I was a caveman, right? What's a, ma- what's a caveman? A man that lives in a cave, right? What's an ape man? That's Hollywood. There's a difference. Um, so for two weeks, I'm part of a team that's digging in a cave up from... It's called Qumran, this place called Qumran. And just below me, about 200 yards, is where the, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. And it was just a wonderful opportunity. And so why was I there? There I was looking for history. And we didn't find any scrolls or jars, much really. But uh, we did find Moses' bones, so it made the trip well worth it. Not, okay. <clears throat> but we were looking for history. You see, this is a history book is it not you can respond on that one sure so part of the trip also was my my brother and his wife were with me and we went to another place in Israel that I wanted to go to and we parked a car and we're walking up this little mountain and we're on the top of this mountain and we see some ruins and we're like we might this must be it and there was nobody around and uh except this one couple And the man says, him and his wife, and the man says, would you like to have tea with us? We're getting ready to have some tea. And we're like, okay, sure. And so he started talking and he said, I'm the archaeologist here that um, we discovered this place about 15 years ago. And you see this valley down here? And we're like, yeah, this beautiful valley. And across from the valley, he said, that's where Goliath and the Philistines were. And we're like, yeah, we did find it. This is the ruins. Wait a minute, that's a story in the Bible, isn't it? So where were we standing? Where Saul set up his encampment with the, the Israelites. So, oh, wait a minute, that matching game again, right? What we see in God's world agrees with God's word. And so when you teach this to our generations, right, our children and grandchildren, we're teaching this as history. It happened. This isn't just, these aren't just stories. Can I get an amen? Amen. They're not just stories; it's history. How do you know the Bible's true, Jonathan? It's Jonathan, right? How do you know the Bible's true? Well, because Mama says it's true, right? No, because preacher says it's true. No. How do we know the Bible's true? Look at the archaeology today. That's real science, isn't it? Well, some of it's fake. What kind of archaeology? You know, where are we? Look, the real archaeology says the Bible's true. Paleontology, the fossils. That's a science. Well, there's a fake paleontology and a real paleontology. The real paleontology, the fossils give a young earth a worldwide flood. The fake paleontology says, no, billions of years old, and we came from, you know, some cockroach a million years ago or 200 million years ago, or whatever. And so that's what we've got to train ourselves, folks. Because, look, as I said in Sunday school, people don't want to hear about your book called The Bible. They just think it's another book of fairy tales and so they want to know some science and that's why we have to educate ourselves unfortunately a lot of christians remain ignorant when it comes to this stuff all right next and so is the book of genesis relevant is the bible relevant yes of course next you see uh, in the first 11 chapters of our bible that we read God's word, we, we have our doctrine, where we came from, who we are, where we're going. Now, we have a story in textbooks, museums, television, that we came from nothing billions of years ago. Nothing blew up. And now we have a very complex universe, which is absurd. It's ridiculous. Um, billions of years ago, nothing blew up. And, you know, uh, we, we came from nothing. You are nothing and we're going to nothingness. And that's an exciting story, isn't it, ma'am? No, we've got the real story. In the beginning, God created. We can have eternal life now. And when we die, we can we'll spend eternity in heaven with our creator. That's an exciting story. Amen. And that's the best story. That's the true story. But these doctrines, watch these doctrines. um, I'm going to share right now from the first 11 chapters have been compromised they're being undermined unfortunately in a lot of christian colleges today all throughout america there are colleges that have a christian name that have compromised god's word and they're everywhere all over our country but let me share a verse with you next in revelation it says you are worthy our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being and this is one of many verses in the Bible that talk about God as creator. And unfortunately, we have uh, Christian college professors. I went to Liberty University and a um, long time ago, and I just pray that liberty isn't compromising. But I tell you what, we are wrestling against spiritual powers, and I pray that they don't compromise. Um, but there are lots of colleges that have next. That's just one uh, doctrine that's being compromised. Marriage is being compromised. Um, you know, you have that little big, huge thing in your living room. Maybe we don't, we got rid of that television about 20 years ago and, um, boy, we haven't missed a thing. What? You don't have television? No. That's why Rutherford County is crime-free. We don't have one thing in our county that's, uh, you know, criminals. Not that I know of because I I don't watch the news, you know. And you know what, folks? That thing you're watching is showing you what the new norm is about marriage. It's showing you what the new norm is about marriage. It's showing you homosexuality is okay. It's not. Next, the real Supreme Court got it right. And he answered and said unto them, "Haven't you read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And as I said in Sunday school, I made a little uh, comment about it. That you know we're getting to the point where you know we're we're being told you can't say male or female. And you know my Bible says there's two genders. Hello, that was really weak. Hello, Amen. And what are we gonna do? Are we gonna cower? Are we going to be cowards and be afraid of our government and people that say they're going to come through those doors and arrest us because we say from the pulpit, homosexuality is a sin? Are you going to cower when that happens? What are you going to do, Christian? Are you going to stand up for what's right? We're living in a different world now. And this is the church's finest hour right now. This is our hour. This is our moment to take a stand. And I think this is the last stand. This is the last chance I think maybe God is going to give you. Are you going to play? Or are you going to pray? Are you going to be active? Are you going to take a stand? We have a stand standard right there it's called the american flag we pledge allegiance to the flag we pledge allegiance to that flag it's a standard the israelites had flags every tribe had a flag it was called a standard so they knew where they are, who they belonged to what tribe what tribe do we belong to i see a lot of flags in windows when i go down the road and they're waving a lot of different teams I never see a Christian flag. What flag are we waving? What's your passion? Next. <clears throat> By the way, that verse said father and mother too, didn't it? Isn't that normal? Isn't that normal? Male and female, is that normal? Sure. Sin is another doctrine. Who Sin. Who wants to talk about sin? What does it lead to next? It leads to death, doesn't it? We're all going to die, right, Jonathan? You died this morning. Wake up, son. Okay. He died. I think he just died.
2: <laughs>
3: okay, that's all right. We're all going to die. Could be today. I've heard of preachers dying in the pulpit. Have you? We don't know when. Next. What happened at 9 3,000 people died. They woke up in the morning, they went to work, they climbed that, you know, they went to the, that tower, those t- twin towers, and they're in eternity today, somewhere. And what do people do when something like that happens? Forty, what, 44 people died in Israel this week, stampede, you heard about it, right? How many heard about that? Okay. Two people? That tells me something. 44 people in eternity somewhere. And people shake their fist at God and say, some God of love you are. Why did you let this happen? You know, you go to a funeral and you see this little tiny coffin and a little child's in there, maybe a two-year-old, a six-year-old. and The parents are torn up, of course. And they say, why would God let this happen? A funeral is the best place for the gospel. Hello. Right? People wonder, is there a God? And they Who hates God the most? You know, who really shakes their fist at God the most? Atheists do. We don't believe in you, but we really hate you. What? (laughs) Yeah, they do believe in God. Romans 1 says there are no atheists. No such thing. Yeah. What's an atheist? A liar. Who are they lying to themselves? Who are they lying to? Themselves, right? Because Romans 1 says, I've shown it unto them that I exist. How do we know God exists? Grab a microscope and look at DNA. Look through a telescope. Well, you really don't have to to see the heavens declare God's glory. Amen? Are you listening? Are you awake? The universe screams there's a creator. That's why they're going to be without excuse that day, the atheists are. You see, folks, God has given us every opportunity to, to, to praise Him for his creation cuz he's showing us there's a creator. So look, when people come to you like they did after 911, you remember the churches were full? I mean, wow, it was like Sunday after Sunday the churches why were they full? Cuz the world wanted to know why 911 happened, is there a God? Why would he let that happen? And what did the church do? Fell asleep, I guess. Would you say the world's much worse now than 911? What do you think? I do. You think it's a lot more sinful? Oh my goodness. Next. And you know what? This is COVID, I think, is our new 911. It's a worldwide thing, and we have an opportunity to be awake and to share the gospel. So good look, tell people the good news here. Well, you gotta tell them the bad news first. Talk about Adam, the real story. We die because Adam sinned. Next. We're all sinners, but share the gospel. Next, in Genesis 3.15, it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This verse is talking about Jesus Christ coming. Promised to Adam and Eve. Next, so give them the good news, folks. When people come to you and ask you questions, is there a God, and why is this world such an upheaval? And then the last doctrine, and there's others, but another very important doctrine is clothing. Next. We can see that Adam and Eve, uh, when they sinned, God promised them a Savior. Next. You can see the animal back there were not related to animals. This was a covering. God provided, Jehovah Jireh provided skins of clothing for them as a covering, as a picture of the one to come, Jesus. Next. So this message is about foundations under fire. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Next. Shows us... This slide shows us that here we see a house and it's on a foundation. Folks, God's Word, Genesis, the book of Genesis, is your foundational book. My son went to a, a secular college in Boone, North Carolina, and his, uh, his landlord was, a, was the Bible teacher at this secular college. And she said, what do you do for a living? I told her, I'm a creation speaker. Oh, you believe Adam and Eve were real people, huh? Well, I don't. I think they were just figures, you know, just allegory. And she's teaching Bible at this college, you know. No wonder students leave that college. They go in as believers and then they come out atheists. How many of you believe Adam and Eve was a real person? Dangerous question. Oh, so about 25% of you don't. Okay. <clears throat> if you don't believe Adam and Eve was a real person, then what are we here? We're a club. That's it. We're just a club. We have no hope. That's why we have to leave the foundation alone. Don't add. Don't subtract. Amen. Amen. Just leave it alone. God says, just read my word as it's written. And we'll be okay. Otherwise, next, what's going to happen is if we're not teaching our generations, our children and grandchildren, that this book is true and why it's true. We can't just say it's true because I say so. We've got to show them why it's true. All those prophecies about Jesus came true. Archaeology, paleontology, geology, those sciences, and the Bible agree the real stuff next otherwise they're going to have a crisis of faith they're going to go to a a christian college well good they're safe at a christian college not necessarily i've already said that there's a lot of compromising christian colleges in our country everywhere here we see the problem folks on the left we see a castle evolution on the bottom the 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 foundation there says there's no god So if there's no God, who makes up the rules? People do. And do we see that today? Sure. We see people making up their own rules of right and wrong. What's wrong with abortion? What's wrong with homosexual behavior and racism and, you know, all this stuff? If there's no God to tell me right and wrong, then, you know, I think it's okay. And then here we are, the church on the right, the castle, the foundation's under attack. Talk about wars. We're under attack every day. And Satan's no dummy. And he knows where to attack the foundation, creation. And guess what? Meanwhile, the church is asleep. I'm looking around here and see some eyes, you know. And the church is asleep, not paying attention. I want to beg you, and admonish you, whatever. When you're watching History Channel, wake up and realize it's not always true history. When you're reading a textbook, children, a history textbook, or a science textbook, it's not not everything in there is true. We've got to wake up. You see some people there that are fighting over, you know, shooting each other in the back in churches. I know that never happens, right? There's a person in the church that's shooting off at the wrong direction. They're not even involved in church. Are you involved? My brother here this morning was talking about uh, kickball and pizza, and I'm thinking about hook. Right? We're fishermen, right? We put a juicy worm on the hook. Sometimes it's a battle to reel them in. Right? Gentle as doves and wise as serpents. Amen? But it's not just reeling them in as we sing bring them in. we got to go out there and be creative in our communities and work with them. I know there's some senior adults in here and you got lots of time on your hands and I want to encourage you Grab a book on dinosaurs that teaches the truth about dinosaurs and take it to a school or a library and read it to some children about the truth of dinosaurs and see what God will do. Amen? Sure. And then, look, here's a pastor. See the guy on the bottom, the person on the bottom, a pastor, maybe a Sunday school teacher, a deacon, and they're compromising God's Word in the church. Next. They're coming up with these ideas. Folks, these are not God's ideas. These are infallible man's ideas. Or fallible man's ideas, rather. Local flood and all this stuff. Was there really a worldwide flood? How do you know? Don't you see? Say Bible now. (laughs) There's worldwide evidence, right? And we got to know what it is so we can teach the truth. Next. Theistic evolution, progressive creationism, and all that garbage for the time will come when well, they will not endure sound doctrine. Guess what? That's been around a long time. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the what? Truth, and shall be turned to fables. And I, I said, you know, there's, there's preachers. <sighs> Shame on them. And they have, they have what look like football stadiums with thousands of people in attendance, and they're teaching them what? Greater is the power that's in you than he that is in the world. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Huh? Greater is the power that's in you than he that is in the world. Yep, that's from the devil's mouth himself when he said that to Eve. He said, Eve, you can be like God and don't, you know, this and that. And you can have power and you can be like God. And he said that to Jesus in the wilderness, didn't he? He offered Jesus the power and the glory of the world. He's still doing that. And he's using preachers to do it. (laughs) Folks, we don't have power. Why do we end our prayer in Jesus' name? Right? Because it's got power. (laughs) Amen? You see, it's not greater is the power that's in you, because you ain't nothing. And I'm nothing. Aren't you feeling encouraged today? (laughs) I'm sure the church is going to be packed next week, because that's a word of encouragement. You are nothing. No. We are everything in his name, right? I can do all things through Christ. Amen. You see, isn't it sad that the devil's using very famous preachers to preach a lie? It's disgusting, isn't it? Let's move on. That's why we got to wake up and understand what's going on. Look, of the children raised in your church, look around at these precious youth and children. Of the children raised in churches like yours, homes like yours, most of them, 88 to 90%, will say, See you later, God. Goodbye, church. Goodbye, Christianity. When they're 18, and they'll never go back to church. Because they've been lied to in colleges. They go to... Um, I'm picking on colleges, so I sure am. Because they're institutions of atheism, a lot of them. And our children go to these colleges to earn a degree so they get a good job. But when they go through these colleges and they're in a science class and they got all this really cool science stuff and they're invited to see their science teacher to talk in their, in their, you know, in their office and they're like, wow, look at all these degrees you've earned. By the way, I always say young people, be very respectful to your teachers. Pray for your teachers. They deserve your prayer and respect but not your worship. And they got so many degrees on the wall, they got a temperature every day. You know what? That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean they know everything. And so it comes down to trust, doesn't it? Trust. Who are you going to trust? What are you going to trust? Amen? And we need to teach our children, look, son, daughter, pray for your teachers, but guess what? Remember the truth. There's a real science and a fake science, and there's a real book that is true, amen. Move, move on. Next. So, what are what are we learning in schools and uh, television and museums? No, no absolutes. Evolution's true. The Bible's not true. Millions of years. We came from monkeys. Next, Um, Monday through Friday, our children are learning evolution's true. The Bible's wrong. Evolution true, the Bible's wrong. And not just science class, but history class, even math class and literature class, evolution's true, the Bible's wrong. And and then Sunday morning cartoons, you know, full of evolution. And then they come to church and they go to Sunday school, and what are they learning? Another Bible story, you know. Well, remember, we need to teach God's word as history, not just a Bible story. Next. And And one more in the History Channel, Discovery Channel, PBS, and all that. Go two more, brother. Full of evolution, dinosaur movies, talking about dinosaurs and people living millions of years apart. Really? Is that true? Next. Don't you pick on SpongeBob? You know why I'm picking on SpongeBob? Because he's picking on your children and grandchildren. It says that dawn breaks over the primordial sea. It's here that millions of years ago life began. And mom and dad and grandparents... Maybe you put your child in front of the programmer. You know, that's why they call it programming, right? And you put your child in front of the television and then you walk off and you're doing the dishes or making dinner or doing the laundry or whatever. Then you have become the missing link between that programmer and your child's spiritual future. Because that cartoon is talking about evolution in millions of years and the Bible is not. Next. And... One more. And then lots of books on evolution for kids. And I want to encourage you to go through your home, and if you got stuff like that that's talking about evolution, throw it out. Yes, it's beautifully illustrated. Oh, wonderful pictures. Throw it out. Next. Mu- um, zoos full of evolution. Next. Here's a sign that's talking about we came from a rat millions of years ago. Next. Is that true, though? And they're, and they're reading that sign. Your ch- child was reading that sign about, you know, we came, evolved from a rat millions of years ago. If they're reading that sign, they should say something like, hey, Mom and Dad, that's that fake science again, isn't it? Amen? They should know. Next. Two more, bro. Materialism, relativism, and the de- one more, and the devaluation of life. Next. What's evolution doing to you and I? Well, it's the philosophy which, which says... And your television is telling you, your phone is telling you, wherever you get your news and your science, right, is that this life is it. So party on, because there's no God and do what you want, no afterlife. Next. And this fosters relativism, no absolute moral truth. One more. 44% of born-again adults, listen, 9% of born-again teenagers are certain of absolute moral truth. Next. Next. And then the devaluation of life. James Watson, co-discoverer of DNA, said, if a child with birth defects was not declared alive until three days after birth, the doctor could allow the child to die if the parents choose and save a lot of misery and suffering. How many of you know who Charles Darwin was? Raise your hand if you know who Charles Darwin was. Okay, about half of you. All right. How many of you know who Adolf Hitler was? Okay, unless you're from California, you probably don't. All right, how many of you know... Uh, who Margaret Sanger was. Margaret Sanger, about four of you. Every Christian should know, next, that Margaret Sanger is the founder of Planned Parenthood. Creator of the Negro Project. Her strategy eliminating the black population. She believed in removing what she called the dead weight of human waste. We don't want word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. Who was Margaret Sanger? Who was Charles Darwin? They were evolutionists. And who did they influence? Adolf Hitler. Why did Adolf Hitler murder six million of my people? Because they were evolutionists. You go to Israel. Um, I've been uh, into to the Holocaust Museum there twice. And there's a sign that's still there. It's been there for decades. And it says Adolf Hitler believed the Jewish people were subhuman. What does that mean? They weren't fully human. Oh, why did Hitler murder 6 million people, Jews? Because they weren't really fully human. So see, folks, why am I so passionate about this? Because I watched teachers. I used to work in the public school system for years. I was a one-on-one. Worked with one student at a time in the classroom while teachers te- taught the students that they were animals, there's no God, and do what you want, and your, and your accidents and all that. So that's why I've been all over the place. Because it's in your homes, it's in our schools, it's everywhere. Next. She said the most merciful thing that a large family does to one of its infants is to kill it. Next. One more. God's word says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knows right well. When you go vote oh let me do a little political commercial here from the pulpit is there any politics in the bible did they vote for barabbas over jesus they sure did that's politics isn't it don't talk about politics from the pulpit i am when you go vote folks you know i said describe the bible in one word you know and how about a book of instructions before you go to the polls? Amen? Well, Mr. Levinson, I voted the same way. This is the way our family votes. And let's see, this candidate president, or governor, or mayor, or senator, or school board official they're going to save me a lot of tax money. I don't care if they save any lives, but they're going to save me a lot of tax money. Really? Do you not think it's important to vote pro life? man it's a quiet group. Whew. next. You know not to me personally nothing else really. I mean, it's like second like way down there on the list. Pro life poop on the top. On the top. But that's me. I think it's probably God, too. Jeffrey Dahmer says, if a person doesn't think there's a God to be accountable to, then what's the point? I always believe the theory of evolution has truth, that we all just came from slime, and when we're dead, that's it. There's nothing. Next. And if your children are being taught they're an animal, there's no afterlife, and whatever. Next. And what can possibly happen if they're being taught there's no God? Next. Well, they're being bullied, and they're tired of being bullied. They just want out of life, you know. They're just... There's no God to be accountable to, so I'm just going to shoot my classmates and kill myself, and you think that's happened before? Do you know Eric Harris at Columbine? Uh, on the bottom there with the gun, you can see, he wore a shirt that said, natural selection. Who do you think his hero was? Next. Well, how about Charles Darwin? At some future, he, he, his hero was Charles Darwin, right? In An evolutionist. At some future period, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. And just as he predicted, next, who came on the scene was Adolf Hitler, who said, let me, I have the right to exterminate an inferior race that breed like vermin. And he also said, let me control the textbooks and I'll control the state. Next. So guess what? Our textbooks are being changed all the time, aren't they? How come? You think there's some kind of one world government behind all that? I do. Wait a minute, that's in the Bible too, isn't it? So what can you do? Why are you here today? Well, I wanted to make sure the preacher saw me. Check in, check out. Well, I hope that's not you. I hope you're here for a lot of good reasons. Number one, to worship our Creator and give Him praise and honor and glory. And be amongst brothers and sisters that love Christ. And iron sharpens iron. And we, we are training up the saints. We're equipping the saints. Amen. I'm equipping you now. I'm encouraging you. I'm admonishing you. I'm begging you. Whatever it takes to wake up and realize, wait a minute. This evolution stuff, yeah, it's in my home. It's everywhere. I need to do something about it. Because it's all foundational to what we are looking at right now in our world. And we got to attack the foundation. Next, so what can you do? Well, the Bible always has what you can do and what the answer is. Amen? You can see the castle on the right. Hey, good news. We're not compromising God's word. We're teaching everyone, hey, we need to read it just like it's written. And we're not fighting over dumb stuff. We're not compromising God's word. We're active and all that. And we're voting men and women in office that are actually born again, and they're going to do what they say, (laughs) hopefully, right? um and we're number the best thing we can do folks if we're winning the loss, do you think we're going to have we'll see a lot less of the problems today i do next and so this verse isaiah fifty-eight twelve is talking about repairing the foundations next and that's what we can do train up our children the way they should go when they're old they won't depart from it well my son and daughter has already departed they are yeah they're a statistic well guess what yeah well we have hope amen We have hope that they'll come back home. They're just eating with the pigs, aren't they? Next. They'll come to their senses, hopefully, right? Raise your hand if you're a Sunday school teacher, and I'm almost done. Don't say amen on that one. All right, Sunday school teachers, what can you be doing in Sunday school? What can you teach? Please teach science in the best place in the world right here in church. Teach geology. There's the Grand Canyon there on the upper left and the Colorado River, so you have geology and paleontology, the fossils. Where's geology? Where's the Grand Canyon in the Bible? How about Noah's flood? And talk about that. Remember, science, real science and the Bible match. They agree. How about anthropology? Well, I can't teach anthropology in Sunday school. Please do. Raise your hand with a big zero in it, please. I want to see if you're awake. If you're not holding a big zero up, I'm going to know you're asleep. Okay. I see two people sleeping. Okay. How many races are there in the world today? None. There are no races in the world today. Race is an evolutionary term. But there's one human family. Where's that in the Bible? In the first chapter. We're all related to Adam and Eve. That's anthropology, right? We all go back to Adam and Eve. There's, there aren't any races, but there's one human family. Well, wait a minute, look at all those races up there on, on the left there. No, that's not race. Well, Look at all those colors. No, that's only one color it's called brown and everybody in the world is brown but if you have more melanin in your skin you're darker brown if you have less melanin you're lighter brown and can i get an amen and that's real science next so if our children are being taught god is creator his word is infallible bible has answers no no death before sin very important no millions of years evolution is not true we can't say evolution is not true if we don't know why it's not true we got to know why it's not true next and if we have this foundation no go forward if we have this foundation one more and we're dealing with evolution we'll have an answer next if our children are hopefully you know our children are better evangelists than we are adults right yeah they're such good examples to us right adults and they're, they're saying to their peers, Jesus loves you, the Bible says so. And their peer says, the Bible's not true. How do dinosaurs fit in the Bible? Where did Cain get his wife? I don't know, I can't tell you because I'm not able. And then they say... It just doesn't work here, does it? It just doesn't work. I think they're just deep thinkers, aren't they? And then they say, I don't know. And then they say, peers say, I told you the Bible's not true. And then they come to you parents... Look, our children are the best missionaries in the world. And they have the best mission field in the world called school. And if they come to us and we don't have the answers, how can we prepare them to, give, to help their peers next? So be ready always to give an answer, folks. We've got to be ready to give answers to the world. And finally, one more. And this is next. This is very, very important, folks and I hope you're paying attention on this one, all that's necessary for the triumph of evil is you say, I'm glad that man's done. Man, what time is it? You know who's playing today? And you know what? I hear that almost every Sunday. Who's playing today? Who's playing today? I'll tell you who's playing. It's the church. And that's a tough thing to say, but it's true. And I think God is sick to his stomach. That the church is playing. I think the church might be under maybe a little bit of judgment. Do you think so? I don't know. Do you think America's under judgment? I don't know. Some people say so. You know what, folks? This is our hour. And we're either going to use it wisely or we're going to blow it again. And I want to encourage you. Don't have that attitude right there. It's really unfortunate that so many people could tell you every sport out there, every player, and every statistic about that person, but they don't know this. And they're not sharing the gospel. It's sad. But I want to encourage you. Yeah, there's a lot of sad news, but, there's a, but we got the good news. Why aren't we sharing it? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. God, you are so awesome. I'm nothing, but Father, through you, we can accomplish many great things. I pray as the pastor makes his way up front now and people are praying, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, this might be your last opportunity. It really might, because we don't know when our heart will stop. We heard a, man pray, a prayer request today about a man's heart, Lord. We just don't know. And Father, we've come to this place we didn't We didn't expect what was going to be said today. But we've been challenged to make a decision. And God, we know everybody is making a decision today to do something about this message. They're either going to forget it and go home and have a nice meal and maybe watch some more TV and kick back and relax and forget this message. Or God, you're going to do something with this message this week. God, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit will fall on this place right now because this is the most important time of this whole message, an invitation to come to know you and help us not to be in such a hurry to get out of here and leave. Father, may the Holy Spirit truly do a great work amongst this group of people here. And as we're praying, Father, I, just, I ask that if everybody would just be praying about somebody they know doesn't know you, if you'll just pray for somebody that doesn't know the Lord, maybe it's somebody next to you, or maybe it's yourself, as Pastor finishes this invitation, be in a spirit of prayer in Christ's name.
1: If you can please stand. Uh, Sandra uh, comes to lead us in this hymn. Uh, As Steve said, this is your opportunity. We have been created in God's image. But that image has been corrupted by sin. And Jesus came as the perfect lamb to wash our sins clean for those that accept him. Those that ask for forgiveness. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is the opportunity to do so. Don't leave this place without having that foundation. On Wednesday night, we finished up the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus ended that sermon talking about the wise man and the foolish man and the foundations that they had for their houses. But what it says is this, he that hears my word and does it is like the wise man that built his house on the rock. The man that hears my word and ignores it is the foolish man that builds his house on the sand. Both men dealt with the storms of life. Both men dealt with the floods that came. And the winds and everything that, that goes on around us and distracts us. But it's only the wise man who stands strong because of the foundation that his life is built upon. The foundation of God's word. The foundation of Jesus Christ who is our rock. Don't be a fool. Don't be a foolish man. And don't leave this place today without knowing for sure that your foundation is Jesus Christ and God's word. This is your opportunity to do that now as we sing this verse.
2: 294, have thine own way, Lord, 294.
1: Wash me does now. new Bible study um, for the adults this Wednesday night. We finished up the Lord's, or the Sermon on the Mount this past Wednesday, so we started something new. Um, don't forget, children, husbands, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Don't wait till Saturday night to try to figure out what you're going to do. But please be here next Sunday as we celebrate Mother's Day and, and the blessings of mothers that have. it not great to have Christian mothers. What an example. And and, and it's so great to be able to say that. Um, So please join us next week for that. Also, Steve, um, this is what he does full-time. This is what he does for ministry. This is how he pays the bills. So, um, in the back, there is a a basket. Um, If you would, uh, please, we're going to take up a log offering as you go out. If, If you have something that you would be like to give just place it in the basket and, and we will make sure that that gets to see so uh, thank you for being here and doing this and i going to ask Whitey um, if he would mind dismissing us in prayer
0: um today let's pray Heavenly father lord thank you for this time you've given us to come into your house and learn more about you and and the truth Lord, we thank you just for this man that come to today and he shared the truth with us lord we ask that you would just utilize this you would still in our hearts that we'll be able to go out and and deliver the message, Lord. Be with us and keep us all safe. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.